Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Well, good evening. It is Tuesday night. (laughs) They got me almost. It is Tuesday night, which means it is discipling apostolic Christians to become scripturally organic and culturally unmodified. You know, I'm having a blast with this, and we've been on this journey for a little bit, and God has been blessing. I mean, we've got miracles. Some of you have been to our near page or Facebook, well, I don't know if it's on Facebook, to see how the Lord has been blessing. God has blessed us with our school campus here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We're opening the middle of September on site. Yay. This is a yay moment. He blessed us with the location. Guys, listen to this. He blessed us with the location. He blessed us with dorms. Hallelujah. He blessed us with uh, students financing, and accreditation, all in two weeks, and we're not done yet. <laughs> He's not done. No, no. <laughs> that is not all. So it's a real deal. Some of you all will remember, I said going back maybe a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks, I said we're starting in September, and I knew it. You know, God has been honoring my word. I'm so stunned. I, I, I lay down at night and say, Jesus? Is this the real side of the king? And so, Ashley, you know what he told me? He told me that every move has its own cash, supply, reservoir, reserves of miracles and provision and providences and power and appeal and attraction. And I can go on. And so when he told me that, I thought, well, I've got one of two choices here. And I chose wisely. Yay. I chose to take God at his word. And I'm telling you, folks, God has been working miracles with me, with the people who have relocated here, with those who have come here with a pure heart and a made-up mind. You know, you have to have a pure heart and a made-up mind with God because God said, let your yay be yay and your nay be nay and anything in between. And more than that is of the evil one, of the wicked one. So I said, well, yeah, God, well, then let's work some miracles. You know, God and I have passed. We don't stand on ceremony any longer. Now, I do remain reverent because if I slide out of reverence, he kind of slides into Godhood and sees just a whole different kind of thing. So I remain reverent, but we are very, very close, and God is in this thing called Christianity. You know, scripturally organic Christianity, he is in this. I said Sunday, you must go and listen to Sunday. If you haven't, go listen to it and send it to three friends. And if you are a very popular person, send it to ten friends. And if you're well-renowned, send it unlimited. Everybody. Everybody. Everybody in the dinner plan. But go to it 
and listen to Sunday. Boy, did we have a, a breakthrough. I especially want you to listen. What was a couple of things? What were some of the things that you thought were really impactful about Sunday? Oh, my. You talked about, um, you were talking about tattoos. Oh, yeah. They are blood covenant. Yeah, that's and covenant. It's, right, yeah. exactly. You moved out of culture. But <laughs> baby, you don't move out of culture, baby. You out of fashion. You in the covenant. <laughs>
is if you're typing, I want you to write this down. Ye are the temple of the Holy Spirit. If any man destroys his temple, God will or profanes his temple, God will destroy him. And tattooing defaces the temple of the Holy Ghost, whose temple you are. You cannot explain to anybody who knows the true and living God that the Holy Ghost told you to go and put graffiti on his temple. Write it down, put my name on it, and put the date so that we don't ever have to worry about it. Because, see, there are questions I have, not a lot, but that's not one thing I question. Our God is a jealous God. And I'm telling you, like you all who went and got those tattoos over and over again, we talked Sunday about it being what? Do you remember, Norma? What kind of a disorder? Oh, a cutting disorder. Mm-hmm. A cutting disorder. Now, I want you to know, I had never said that in my whole life. Can I say my whole life? Which is pretty long. I'm not 20, 30. Okay. <laughs> okay. But listen, the fact that you have to go back and keep doing it means you have a cutting disorder. That is a devil. You have to feel the cut. You have to feel the pain. You have to watch the blood. You have to feel the scarring. That's a disorder. You need to find out what pain you're really masking because that's what tattooers do, to mask soul pain. When somebody decides to do their whole body, something told them their original model was not good enough, and it was not, that it was not pleasing, and it was not satisfying. Or even someone told them that if they changed their model, they would be better accepted. You're not going to tell me somebody who's been in God all those years, all of a sudden you woke up, you got a tattoo up the front and down the back, you left God. And nobody, those preachers are not telling you, they're putting your, your repentance at risk. You need to have an opportunity to repent. You left God. You cannot lay down there and let the worship of another God cut your body, mar your body, mark your body, cause you to bleed, and put crazy things on your flesh and say, you still okay with Jesus. You have bought into a false Christ. And for me, to be an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, oh, oh, I got to get a slam in here. Hold on. Slap below something. You cannot be an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, not the true and living Christ, and continue to tattoo. You can't do it. You have picked up a false Christ, and you're the only one who doesn't know it. Jesus said that many Christs will come in the last days, and they will say, look, here is the Christ, and there is the Christ, and I'm Jesus, and I'm the Son of Man. You're going to see that Jesus said that, which means there are false Christs. That means false Christians and false Christianity. And we have to start calling it what it is. The fruit of the Spirit is. The fruit of repentance is. The fruit of righteousness is. The fruit of holiness is. These, God has a fruit. He has a fruit. He has results, outcomes, evidence. And a tattoo preacher is not an evidence of the true and living Christ. Now, if you came that way, get you some cover up, cover mark, and going on. We talked about that. And going on up there. You can't continue to stand there and force them publicly because the people who don't know you repentant will believe you're endorsing it. 
They will believe that you that it's okay with Jesus Christ. So even though you've repented, you've given it up, you've renounced it, you wish it never happened, you give God anything if you could get rid of it, that's all fine and good. But you have to do the next best thing, and that is stop modeling your bad judgment and your wrong decision. Stop modeling it. Put your, get your some concealer on there. As far as I'm concerned, half these churches need to have concealer in the bookstore. Baby, before you come in here, you need to smear a little something on there. Just, just, just call it your new anointing or smear this on here. But you cannot, I'm telling you, by the Holy Ghost. Now, read me some Bible. i got to find me some scripture. I know i got some in here somewhere in this thing. Yes, I am asking what they say. You sit over there grinning. Okay, come on. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. She's saying this. Sharing, sharing, sharing. Um, quoting a tattoo preacher is not a picture of the true and living Christ. Not, can't be. Cannot be. You're sporting other deities. You're sporting nature. I don't care if you say all I got is a rose. That's a nature God. What do the, what do the, uh, is that not true? That's a nature God. I got the Lamb of, uh, Lamb of God. I got the Lion of Judah. It's a nature deity. That's bestiality. See, they're already, you've got to do your homework before you fall into trends. You've got to know what you're doing because when the shepherd goes in, the sheep follow the shepherd. And they are going to get judged because they don't know any better, and you're going to get judged because you did not know, you didn't do better. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Yeah. I'm telling you, God is a sugar pie God, and I love him. He's my honey, but he speaks. He, God is so grieved with this tattoo spirit. He is grieved because it is a, a, a real statement of the invasion of his adversary in his heart, in his people, to the point that you can mar his temple. You can graffiti your habitation, graffiti the temple of God, and say God told you to do it. In what lifetime did he do that? I want to know. I want to know what lifetime, because I want to know. It's important. I want, I'm going I'm to say this because it's important that we know, because there are people who really don't know any better, and they're not trying to be difficult. They really are not. They are trying to serve God. You know? They are not. And if you look at anybody who's ever read Deuteronomy, God must say other gods. Come on. If he, does he not say a lot? That's an issue for him. And because you don't. Now, I'm looking at my trusty little computer, and I'm looking at this thing, and God talks about other gods in the Old Testament, 63 times, 63 times, and that's other God. If I say to another God, I want you to get this. This is a problem. Because, see, you think you know what Christianity is all about, okay? You think you know. Now, I love Jesus Christ, you know, and I really do care for what he's doing. But I'm telling you, we cannot keep pretending to, <laughs> pretending it's not true. Psalm 16.4 says, their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood I will not offer nor take up their names into my lips. Now, this is David. This is David. I want, I want to get this one passage because it's important for us to know. Because it's important. One gentleman said, I'm listening to this with my daughter. I'm glad to know it. 
You know, I'm glad because it, it pleases me. I want to get to. I want to get into the book of Leviticus because see, the book of Leviticus is the book of priests. Now, you don't really know how God feels about priests until you read it, and we are the the priests, the new creation priesthood. Hallelujah. And I'm, I'm telling you, and, and you have to realize that there is a duty that you have. You know, I'm, I'm looking for this, so just give me a moment. Because if you read um, Leviticus 19, every cultural act, every cultural trend is in the Leviticus uh, chapter. Now, you can read them all. But I want to get to the one. Here we are. <laughs> Leviticus 19.25, you shall not eat with the blood, neither shall you practice divination, nor soothsaying. You shall not round the corners of your heads, neither shall thou mar the corners of thy beard. Thou shalt not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor imprint any marks upon you. I am the Lord. Leviticus 19.28, did you all get that? So I'm going to read it again, and I'm going to read it in a couple more translations. You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor imprint any marks upon you. I am the Lord. Now, you're going to hear people tell you. I'm going to read some of the good ones. They've got some good translations in here. You are not to make any cuttings. Listen to this one, Leviticus 19.28. You are not to make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor make any tattoo marks upon yourself. I am Adonai. Tattoo in Leviticus, because you think it's new. Y'all thought it was new and modern. This is Leviticus. They're coming out of Egypt. Now I'm gonna, I'm, I want to read a few more because I want you all to hear this. And it's important that you understand. Again, um, and our world, um, excuse me, what is this one here? The World English Bible. You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor tattoo any marks on you. I am Yahweh. All right? You should, um, the um, Young's literal translation, and a cutting for the soul you do not put in your flesh. You know how people say, I'm wearing my outside, I'm wearing it to show my heart. Oh, don't cut for your soul. In other words, don't mark your flesh to symbolize your soul, and a writing, a cross mark on you. I'm, I'm having such a great time with this. Isn't this wonderful? Again, Alexum English Bible, you shall not make on yourselves a tattoo mark. Literal translations, don't put any X mark on yourself. I thought that was good, no X mark. All right? Do not etch anything in writing on yourself. Oh, come on, somebody. God covered this thing 21 ways from Sunday. All right? We're going on. If you're a Christian. I mean, if you're not a Christian, then, you know, the least you got to worry about is a tattoo. <laughs> All right? I mean, it's the truth. I mean, if you're not a Christian, the last thing you got to be concerned about is a tattoo because everything about you God has, you know, cast off. So, and then don't print any marks on yourself. I like this here. It says, do, now I like this one. This one here is the Exegesis Ready Research Bible. And it says, ye shall not make any cuttings, that means give incisions in your flesh for the dead soul. 
Let print any marks or give an inscription of a tattoo upon you. Bible. You know why you could do this? Because they took you all out the Bible. My heart goes out to the young people. My heart goes out to the millennials and, and, and those who are before them. I go, my heart goes out to you because you heard sermons. You never heard scripture. And you, you thought your sermons were scriptural. And that is why I'm doing this. So do not walk away and say, oh, man, Dr. Price, you, you know, you may uh-uh. I'm telling you, you couldn't have heard it because I, I sat, sat in churches and I've never heard it. I've had preachers talk about it's okay. I've seen people stand up and praise teams all tatted up, saying they worship in Jesus Christ, looking like you're some sort of uh, New Age minister, some sort of a cultist. A wizard or something, and they let you sing. You're not. You're gonna. Mark, you're gonna cover it up with Dr. Price. I'm sorry. You're gonna put. Come on now. We're gonna have some stuff for you. We love you, but we're gonna have some stuff. We're gonna paste up something, glue it on you. If you can, if, listen. If, they, if you can put a tattoo mark on for whatever, I can cover it up for Jesus. Now here is a good one. This is the Good News Bible. Do not cut the hair on the sides of your head or trim your beard. In other words, you know how they do the kind of um, goat look. It says, or tattoo yourselves or cut gashes in your body to mourn for the dead. Cutting disease. See, cutting. Sorrow makes you cut. Sorrow makes you cut. Here, I'm going to, because you know what? I need to read the scripture. You need to understand God covered this in many, many languages in many, many ways. He, he, he hit this thing all the way around. Um, international Standard Version, you are not to make incisions on your flesh on account of the death, nor submit, submit to cuts or tattoos. I am the Lord. Yep, I'm going on. Yes, I am. Am I having fun? I surely am. And you know why? Because somebody needs to tell you that it's not Dr. Price's opinion. Oh, very good. Sure. Can I ask you a question? Please. Mm-hmm. Um, they ask, what about uh, people who get branded for fraternity? Tattoo is a tattoo, and a fraternity serves a dead God, so there's for the dead. See, because we only got one true and living God. His name is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. We only got one. All tattoos serve living to serve dead God. All fraternities, all sororities. So when you tattoo, you're tattooing for the dead, which is what he's talking about. Good question. I'm almost done, but I'm going to finish up because I want you to know that God has a word to say. You, um, here's the Bible in basic English. You shall not make cuts in your flesh in respect for the dead, nor have marks printed on your body. I am the Lord. Mm. I'm telling you, the Lord is speaking to death. Now, here is the contemporary English version. You can't get any more understandable in this. I forbid you to shave any part of your head or your beard or to cut and tattoo yourself as a way of worshiping the dead. And whenever the death culture rises, tattoos rise accordingly because those are dead deities. They have, dead means God has cut them off and kicked them out. Because, you know, that's how you can tell the spirit. I know television makes you think you can, you, can, uh, you know, just shoot them with a gun. Um, a, a complete apostle's Bible, just in case you didn't know they had one. You shall not make cuttings in your body for a dead body, and you shall not inscribe on yourselves any marks. I am the Lord your God. 
We already got two more. We got Brother Darby here who says to you, I like this one, uh, Leviticus 19.28, and cutting for a dead person you shall not make in your flesh, nor put any tattoo writing upon you, in me. I'm going on, because y'all going to share this. Share, share, and share. Share, share, and share. Share it with the preacher. Share it with the deacons, because you know some of them all tatted up. Okay, share it with the trustees and the elders. Share it with the ushers and the ushers. Share it with everybody. Lastly, you shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, neither shall you make in yourselves any figures or marks. I am the Lord. Now, I read to you, I don't know, something like 10, 12, 14 versions. And, you know, that's how many ways to look at it. So you, you, so whatever language the enemy spins, because a lot of you all fell into those sermonic spins. And so your little, the, the little spin preachers fund the gospel to shoot, to shoot their purposes. But I'm telling you, the only way you could want a tattoo is that you have been approached and you are being overpowered by a false deity, a false Christ. You cannot tattoo yourself and say that Jesus is okay with it when he has said otherwise. Now, I'm just being honest with you because God says over and over again that it doesn't, it, it, there is nothing new under the sun. You know, and, and, and everything that is has already been. Now, if it's already been and it made it in Scripture, that means God cursed it. And he's already judged it. Some of you all, why am I not getting healed? Why is my children not getting healed? Why am I not getting a job? Why am I passed over? Because you're asking the God you cut off to perform a miracle for the God that can't deliver. So you're sporting the God that can't deliver, and you want the God that you have offended to just blow it off. Hey, Jesus, get over it. I don't understand, Father. You just get over me. God is love. Let's talk about the sea of forgetfulness. You know how we all said God said he put it in the sea of forgetfulness. Tell me what can God legitimately, actually, or literally forget? What can God forget? The word forget to God is not our word. It is not lose out of your mind. It is not find yourself unable to remember. The word forget for God is I will not call to mind, or I will not recall the sins that I have forgiven. That's what he's saying. I will not recall, call to mind the sins that I've forgiven. But understand, the apocalypse, John's apocalypse says, in case you all didn't remember, that at the end, at the bemer seat of Christ, the books are open. Well, where are those books coming from? Who's writing them and what's in them? And he said, and the dead will judge in it, great and small. And everybody was given the rewards for what they've done in their body. So if God is forgetting, what is he recording? But you might like that one. Isn't that a good one? Did you like that one, Clay? Oh, that one did. Prophet. Prophet. Actually, I knew you would love it. But I want you to understand, there is no, I'm going to keep saying it because somebody's got to break this thing through. There is no way you can tattoo 
in Christ. Now, coming that way, hey, everything. Come on, God is taking care of you. God, he, listen, he's so glad to have you. It's going to be marvelous coming that way. But on the other hand, once you've been in Christ and you're a preacher, you're a prophet, do you realize that the prophets up on Mount Carmel that were standing for Baal cut their fleshes to move Baal to save them, to, to move Baal to defeat Elijah? They did it by cutting their flesh off some body. So you got to read their word. Yes, yes, student. There's a question out on this out on the out in the ether. And, and, the, and the ether. <laughs> <laughs> we have an ether question. Ether, ether, ether Q. Can you please address the issue of this being under the law? Oh my! Don't you just love it? Yes. Thank you. The law, Jesus said in Matthew five, I did not come. Let me just read it. I got to read some scripture. Y'all, do you all mind if I crack through the scriptures and get you some verification? Okay, so we're going to have some verification. I like to set a saint. We have to do it. We have to. If we don't do it, God, see, I'm judged for what I don't say. He said, whether they hear or whether they forbear, surely they'll know that a prophet has been among them. Well, and what I like about this is so many people are told the tattoo is not the issue, it's the what. What you're tattooing is the issue, which is why you have a lot of people walking around with the cross and what we think Jesus looks like and scriptures being tattooed on their bodies because they're being told as long as it's something that is about Jesus, glorifies the Lord, that kind of thing, it's okay. But, so I'm glad you read that scripture. But he said, any tattoo, any marking. Did you all hear me when I read that or not? Come on, let me know. Did you hear me? He said, any imprint, any tattoo, any figures, any markings, and any writing. Any means any. Are you all following me on this? Did he not say any? Any. So I want you to recognize any. I want to repeat what he said. He said any marking, any figures, any scriptures, or any writings, any pictures, because that's a figure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? Any tattoo. He said any. So now we are under the law. So let's skip on out of the law. People uh, get tattoos when someone dies. Except for the dead. I know. And when, that, when you read it, I was like, oh, for the dead. They have their picture or the wings, you know, when they tattoo the wings on their And all of those are funerary devils. Look up the phrase, funerary spirit, you'll get it. It's in the prophet's dictionary because I've covered it. So let's look. Matthew 5 17. Do not think that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I came not to destroy, but to fulfill. For amen, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall not pass of the law till all be fulfilled. He, therefore, that shall break one of these least commandments 
and shall so teach men shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But he that shall do and teach, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Now, I'm going to do what I did before. We're going to punt through the versions of the Bible. Yay. Yay. So let's go to the tree of life version. I like these guys. Do not think that I came to abolish the Torah or the prophets. I did not come to abolish but to fulfill. Amen. I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or seraph shall ever pass away from the Torah until all things come to pass. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them, this one shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Let's see who else we got. We can't read Brother Tyndale. He's a little bit kind of, uh, yeah, amen. I did not come to destroy the law of prophets. I didn't come to destroy but to fulfill. And, and listen, for certainly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not even one smallest letter or one tiny pen stroke shall in any way pass away from the law until all things are accomplished. I'm having fun reading uh, the word. Does anybody understand? Oh, yeah. Listen. I like this one. Who is this one? This is the uh, Weymouth New Testament. Do not for a moment suppose that I have come to abrogate the law or the prophets. I have not come to abrogate them, but to give them their completion. Solemnly, I tell you that until heaven and earth pass away, not one iota or smallest detail shall pass from the law until all hallelujah, has taken place. Whoever therefore breaks one of these least commandments and teaches others to break them will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches them will be acknowledged as great in the kingdom of the heaven. I just, I will only read the ones that are different, but I want you to hear this. Oh, are y'all ready? Lean in, guys. This one's good. This one is from Young's Literal Translation, and it says, Do not suppose that I came to throw down the law or the prophets. I did not come to throw down, but to fulfill. I am that man called Yeshua. I love that man. That's that. He said, okay, I didn't come to throw down the law. I'm throwing it down, y'all. I want y'all to get this. He said, you have heard that it was said to the, uh, uh, I'm sorry, forgive me. Therefore, I'm going to go back. Oh, I got so carried away, but throw down. For verily I say to you, <laughs> till, the, till the heaven and earth pass away, one iota or one tittle may not pass from the law till, till that all may be, excuse me, may come to pass. Whoever, therefore, may loose, come on, somebody. I'm done. I got the job. <laughs> oh, God, I love that much. He said, come on, y'all ready? I love it. Who, whoever, therefore, may loose one of these commands, the least may teach men so, lest he be called in the, uh, I'm sorry, at least he shall be called in the reign of heaven. But whoever may do and teach them, he shall be called great in the reign of heaven. So two things we want you to know. 
Nobody has the right to throw down. <laughs> I get a kick out of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you cannot throw down the law of the prophets, and you cannot loose anybody from God's command. Bop, bop, bop. Bible, go there. It still reads. Another question on the table. Okay, but well, I gotta finish. Okay, well, whenever you're done. Because I got some time here. I'm just I'm enjoying this. This is great. Oh, here's another one. I won't read it all like that, but I'm skipping. Do not expect that I have come to weaken the law of the prophets. I have not come to weaken, but to fulfill. And he said, Not even a dash will pass from the law until it's fulfilled. And that anybody who tries to weaken even one of the smallest commandments and teaches others to do so will be regarded as small in the kingdom of heaven. So those of you who are teaching tattoo is all right, they the small preachers. I'm having I'm telling you, am I here's another one. I didn't come to annul. And then I like this part. I did not come to annul the law or the prophets, but here's a good one. Whoever relaxes one of these commandments, come on, somebody. And we can go. I just got two more because, you know, I'm having fun. This one says, pull down the law. And he said, um, and, you can, and he said, and if you break the shortest commandment, which is thou shalt not, you can't get any shorter than shall not. Don't. It be contracted. We did abolish. Now, here's a good one. The exegesis says, I did not come to disintegrate the law or the prophets. I thought you might like that one. Did you like that one? Okay, we're not disintegrating it. And, and so you could preach a year on this. He said, I didn't come to do away with the law. I like this other one. You know, I'm almost done because I had to get this out there. He said, I didn't come to undo the law. So you cannot undo it. And the last two, which I thought, don't think I came to put an end to the law or the prophets. For I have not come for destruction, but to make complete. I thought you'd love that one. And the last one, I did not come to do away with. So I think I covered every kind of way you could say it or spin it. Because, again, we are just going to just step away from the spin preachers. Question on the floor, prophet. Question in the ether. Please explain. Now you touched on this Sunday, but you know this is a new crowd. Revelation nineteen sixteen about Jesus and oh, I was going to thank you. Sarah said, "Baby pastors, <laughs> baby pastors, <laughs> baby Jesus leaders." Ooh. Revelation nineteen. I heard that one too, so I want to go there with you. Nineteen sixteen. Now, on this one here, I'm going to go to, I went to the season, I'm going to go to the King James, and then we'll, we'll dance around some. Would you like that? This is a game. This is a nice game. This is a nice game. Let's go to my favorite, you know, I like Brother King. Now, Revelation 19:16 says, and he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I'm going to go to the translation. So we can say written, and the word written there, just so we're all clear, 
I'm doing my, now you're watching me do my research, written, which is grapho, it means uh, the scribe or written, so he has a writing on his side, we're going on, let's not lose touch with this. So this one says that he had a writing. So I, I, I will ask you all a question. Are you ready? Come on, get excited with me. Let's say, let's say, because it's here, that Jesus did have a writing on his thigh. Let's say that. Who gave it to him? Because if you can get your tattoo from his source, then it's legitimate. If you got to get it through a human, fallen, rejected, neglected, mortal, then yours is illegitimate. So who gave Jesus his? His father. Right. Because his is about as legal as shedding his blood for the mortals that he died for. So his father gave him this. Did his father give you yours? So if you went to heaven and you came back tattered, then you can officially call yourself having been to the parlor of God. If you have not, then you are breaking the law that Jesus said he didn't come to abolish, disintegrate, pull down, throw down, tear down, weaken, or undo. So are we settling the tattoo thing? Because, see, I'm not giving you my opinion. You got permission from people's opinion. I'm giving you a prohibition from the writings of God himself. Actually, you were about to say something. I'm just reading something. <laughs> now, I want to talk about... Awesomely done. <laughs> you got to spend time with the king to understand his reign. And we don't understand Jesus' reign, which is why we keep butting up against it. So I want to say this. When God says, when Jesus himself says, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Let me tell you this. If you go to, I'm going to another scripture. Is it all right to read the Bible, guys? We don't do that a lot, but I'm going to read the Bible because, well, I like to read the Bible. Because none of this is mine. I am a representative of the Godhead. I'm an agent of the Almighty God. My job is to uphold his government and his kingdom in the realms of humanity. Now, I just so um, I want to read this because, and I'm going to explain it. But now we are delivered from the law that being dead wherein we are held that we should serve in newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin but by the law. For I had not known lust except the law said thou shalt not covet. 
but sin taking occasion by the commandment wrought in me all manner of concupiscence, for without the law sin was dead. I like this one. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived. Okay, now look at the last one. It's Romans 7, 10. And the commandment which was ordained to life I found to be unto death. For sin, taking advantage of the commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me. Wherefore, or therefore, the law is, listen to this, the law is holy, and the commandment holy, just, and good. The law, the commandment was ordained to life. Now, God said the law was never the problem. He said, for the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. The law was never wrong. Those Ten Commandments on that mountain, written by the finger of God, were never wrong. They were always holy. They were always right. They were always godly. They were God because they came from his world's government. God literally condensed the government of his world down to ten things that he knew would work for the mortal and the immortal. Because those laws came into existence when that cherub sinned and released mortality in God's creation. When he released sin, he had to come up with the law to cover the sin and to regulate the death. You know, we really do walk around and seem like God created the law, and then he was like, man, I'm so sorry I did that to humanity. How many ways can we get rid of this mistake? I mean, we really do address the law like it was some mistake that God did. And once he realized how much he loved us, he said, oh, he was, hey, guys, you don't have a curfew. You don't have to clean your room. You don't have to do any of those things. I don't know what I was thinking. Well, I set up the law. That's how we talk about it. We do. And, and you know why? Because you have unenlightened people who are judging after the flesh. Anybody who teaches the law carnally will have a problem with the law. law. Anybody who teaches the law divinely will understand its purpose. That's why Jesus said, I did not, I did not you know, come to abolish the law. He said, for indeed the law is holy and the command, holy and righteous and good. I want you to write that down. That is Romans seven twelve. Everybody listening to my voice, you can never walk around and say that the law was your problem and the law was wicked. The law wasn't wicked. He said, but I, and the command that is for life, this found by me for death. He said, because sin took that opportunity through the command to deceive me. So sin said, man, doesn't it feel good? God said, thou shalt honor thy father and mother. And then your anger, sin said, but you know, your mother doesn't deserve it. Your father doesn't deserve it. I mean, after all, they did this and that. No. And so you decided to tell them off, or you decided to assert yourself. The commandment is still the same. As a matter of fact, when you go on to New Testament, it says that that commandment is the only one with promise. Honor your father and your, listen, because you wonder why these kids are dying and why they're turning crazy. 
honor your father and your mother, that it may be well with you and that your days may be long upon the earth. Cussing your mama out, blowing up at your daddy, letting the, I'm telling you, you are shortening your lifespan. Just on that stuff. Now, I want to finish this up because I only have a few more minutes, but I want to wrap this up. Um, and is there another question? Because I do want to wrap up the law thing. Oh, I think I thought, hold on. What do we say to those who question the common practice of rounding the corners of the hair and beard as accepted in contrast to tattoos that are forbidden? Well, the whole idea of the tattoo is the worship. So if they're rounding the corners and doing all of that for a religion, if they're doing it for their fraternity, if they're doing it because of a worship, then they are still, it's the same idolatry. If the motives are worship, then it's always idolatry. If the fashion root, if the root of that, see, because I make my, let me tell you what I make my folks do. I say, go, when you go track, track them down, go to the origins, and then come back and tell me what you think about it. You all don't have to take my word for this. You have Bibles, read them. You have Wikipedia, you have Internet research, read them. Go read the, the practice and the rituals, the rites and the attire and the, uh, the appearances of all of those ancient religions. I know some of you all out there are in the fashion industry, you're in the music industry, and you're in the, the cosmetic in industry, the hair care industry, and you know, you know the root of those designs are from rituals. Those people went to those little third world nations, they went to those little um, villages, and they spent some time, they trying to find themselves, and they found some devils to bring back to fashionized for the naive. And a lot of rituals have been fashionized for the naive. Now, some of you out there know what I'm talking about. You know those little hairdos. You know what they mean. You know that those tattoos are demonic asset points. Don't act like you don't know it. They are the reason you cut that skin and the reason you chose that animal was because that's how that spirit form enters and exits your soul, which is why they kept talking about for the soul. Don't act like you don't know it. So I don't care if you have a you sit there and, and so-and-so, sister, whatnot, prophet, text, doesn't work, gives you a laid-down word. If she's, if she's tatted, when she leaves you, she's got to give homage to that tattoo, the deity on that tattoo. She's got to do it because devils don't have to apologize for coming for what is theirs. They're criminals. They come for what is not theirs. You know they don't come for what's theirs. Now, I'm telling you, some of you all out there posted. I bet you know that. Some of you all who went to beauty school and you went to fashion school, some of y'all went to them little acting schools where they went and dug all in the devils and dug all in ancient religions and all them rituals, all of that kind of stuff. They went there. We go, you, you know, we're going to go into this mountain and we're going to go to this little hut and we're going to go to this little, this little indigenous place and we're going to deal with these little indigenous people and you come back with their rituals. The difference between them and you is that they never had a shot at the light and you are tossing it away. They never did. You know, I always talk about this. I talk about people talking about, well, you know, the body is beautiful. After all, Adam and Eve had no clothes on. They also had no factories. They had no sewing machines. They had no materials. As a matter of fact, when they realized they were naked, they were stuck with leaves. God had to show them how to make an outfit. 
And when God stepped in, he closed them. You go to these little, they, they, you, the mockery they make of these poor people. We don't go to their little world. But yeah, but they're so free. They're not free because they're free. They're free because they're captive. They're free because they're, your options are not afforded them. Because I'm sure when we took clothes over there, they wanted your outfits. They wanted your clothes. They wanted your shoes. So that's a seducing spirit. It's a doctrine of a devil. And we need to stop promoting devilish doctrines. I have, to, I have to do this. It is an apostle's job. I don't care what anybody tells you. Acts 26, 18 is the apostle's job to open their eyes and to what? Turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith that is in me. Acts 26, 18 tells you you cannot leave people worshiping other gods. Paul goes to Ephesus, the site of Diana, the great goddess, and you know what he's telling them? You need to give up your curious arts. And he preaches the truth, and he preaches the power of God, so much so that Simon the sorcerer is blown away. Because he don't have that power. Simon's like Balaam. Wait, hold on. Wait, no, I'm, I'm pretty good, but oh, I'm not having that. I'm not having that work. Every time we turn around, God is facing off with Satan and a third of angels that he kicked out of the heavens. And they cannot get back. So they've got to take you where they're confined. You will be in their prison. You will be in their confinement simply because there's no place to accommodate your belief and value system in the kingdom of life and light in Jesus Christ. There just is nothing there. And you think that it's just God. It's not just God. It's his citizens. It's all of those angels and all of those citizens that he has up there that did not, that great assembly that's in Hebrews 12, that eternal ecclesia, all of them have problems with this. Every last one of them did. That's why they stayed on the Lord's side. And they didn't join the revolt. You all are joining this revolt against the Lord, and you don't even intend to do so. You have picked up a fight against God. You have picked up an offense against him in the name of fashion, free will, liberty, and trends. You are fighting against your Savior, and you are literally battering him and trampling his blood underfoot. And you don't mean to. You're just trying to be yourself. The problem is he doesn't want you to be yourself. He wants you to be like him. As he is, so will we in this world. Did you want to wrap up with a few comments and uh, some readings or something, uh, Prophet Ashley? Okay. And I'm back. I know. So if they came in, they came on late, but I'm replaying eight steps. Let's see. Drop the mic on that one. Oh, let me see. You better teach. Come on, Holy Ghost, Revelation, knowledge. Bring this word line on line. Yes. This is a good, awesome teaching. They tell me to teach tonight. They tell me to teach. Come on and teach here. And come on. Make sure that you pass this to everyone. And oh. I, I'm uh, sorry, Michael said he learned that as next tattoo artist, tattoos do attract all kinds of demonic stuff. I'm, thank you for sharing that, Michael. As an ex tattoo artist, we're not talking about somebody who just said, I read a book. 
as an ex-tattoo artist. And why? Because those symbols, if you go back to those ancient days of relics and markings on the walls and markings on the tombs and all of that, those were all considered to be access points, egress points, and you are now making your body one. I think I'm running out of time. How am I doing, Prophet Asher? Yeah, four, four minutes. I got four minutes. Hallelujah. I wanted, oh, I wanted to go back to the last piece. I can end it on this note. When Jesus said that he did not come to abolish the law but to fulfill it, he was telling you that I'm the king of glory. I am the author, I'm the sovereign, and I am the finisher. I took it out of myself and put it on the mountain and then told you to keep it on scrolls. But that was always my will as the sovereign of creation. So I'm not abolishing the law. When I, when I return to my sovereignty, when I rise from the dead, I'm going to put the law where it began, in me. In me. Well, I don't know about anybody else. I had a blast. I'm glad you asked what you preached about on Sunday. Yeah, I did. Norma, and Norma did pick up the right one. <laughs> Guys, we love you. See you on Thursday, Paula Price Show, Thursday night. Prophetic Ed. Until then, God bless you. Have a great evening.